Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Connect on blogtalkradio.com. Catch us on the web at umconnect.info. Well, welcome welcome to this latest episode of Connect. I'm Michael Rich, the Web and Communications Manager for the Western North Carolina Conference. And today on the show, we're going to be looking back at General Conference that met in, in Portland, May 10th through 20th. It was just a week ago that General Conference took a historic turn. The Council of Bishops has traditionally just presided over General Conference and left legislation and proposals to the body. But on Wednesday, May 18th, the Council of Bishops brought a proposal to the body of General Conference after being asked just the day before for their assistance to lead the church through difficult discussions of petitions and legislation on human sexuality that were before that body. Now, you also have to note that just 24 hours before, Bishop Bruce O., the president of the Council of Bishops, stood up to tell the conference that rumors of a proposal to split the denomination were unfounded and not coming from the council. And so they asked the bishops to uh, come forward and lead And so in this clip, we get the first announcement of that proposal from the Council of Bishops with Bishop O speaking. So here's um, that audio. Thank you, Bishop Hopkins. Before I uh, share the formal statement uh, that we have prepared, uh, I would like to just make a couple of um, observations. Uh, The uh, text of uh, the script uh, I have in front of me will also appear on the screen and will try to sync my comments with your ability to read it as as well. Just a reminder that uh, the action you took uh, yesterday was uh, a non-binding resolution, which meant in effect that the Council of Bishops was not bound to do anything about it, but uh, we... um, We're very honored that you would ask us to uh, consider this and so have taken it up. And also, anything that I share with you in this report goes back to you uh, is unbound as well. So it will be uh, your your future decisions guided by uh, presiding officers in this session or subsequent sessions uh, that would determine uh, how you might choose to respond. And then finally, um, I want to be very clear that this has grown out of many hours of uh, discussion, uh, discernment, uh, prayer, uh, and uh, the very capable late-night work of a small writing team. And furthermore, that this is not a unanimous uh, endorsement. There's not unanimous endorsement of this statement, but the very solid uh, majority of the council Uh, And as I make that statement, uh, would also acknowledge that we affirm that unanimity is not the same as unity. If you could uh, put this statement up at this point. We begin with this word of prayer, or this word of scripture, excuse me. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ, there is no longer Jew or Greek, there is no longer slave or free, there is no longer male 
and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Your bishops were honored to receive... Okay, I want to try to sync my comments with this. Your bishops were honored to receive the request of General Conference to help lead our United Methodist Church forward during this time of both great crisis and great opportunity. As far as we can discover, this is the first time that a General Conference has ever made such a request of the Council of Bishops. And we have accepted this request with deep humility. We share with you a deep commitment to the unity of the Church in Christ our Lord. Yesterday, I shared the deep pain we all feel. We have all prayed for months and continue to do so. We seek in this Kairos moment a way forward for profound unity on human sexuality and other matters. This deep unity allows for for a variety of expressions to coexist in one church. Within the church, we are called to work and pray for more Christ-like unity with each other rather than separation from one another. This, as you know, is the prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17. We believe that unity is found in Jesus Christ. It is not something we achieve but something we receive as a gift from God. We understand that part of our role as bishops is to lead the church toward new behaviors, a new way of being, and new forms and structures which allow a unity of our mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, while allowing for differing, differing expressions as a global church. Developing such new forms will require a concerted effort by all of us, and we, your bishops, commit ourselves to lead this effort. We ask you, as a general conference, to affirm your own commitment to maintaining and strengthening the unity of the Church. We will coordinate this work with the various efforts already underway to develop global structures and a new general book of discipline for our Church. Strengthening the unity of the Church is a responsibility for all of us. We also accept our role as spiritual leaders to lead the United Methodist Church in a pause for prayer, to step back from attempts at legislative solutions and intentionally seek God's will for the future. As a Council of Bishops, we will lead the Church in every part of the world in times of worship, study, discernment, confession, and prayer for God's guidance. We ask you as a general conference to join us in this effort, beginning with the remainder of this week. We were moved by the sight of delegates praying around the tables yesterday, and we hope these efforts will continue. As your bishops, we are ready to join you and to lead you in these times of prayer. We have discussed in depth the processes which might help our church heal and move forward, up to and including the possibility of a called general conference 
in 2018 or 2019. We have not finalized our plans for such processes, but we will keep working on options we have heard from many of you, and we will keep reporting to the General Conference and to the whole Church. We recommend that the General Conference defer all votes on human sexuality and refer this entire subject to a special commission named by the Council of Bishops to develop a complete examination and possible revision of every paragraph in the Book of Discipline regarding human sexuality. We continue to hear from many people on the debate over sexuality that our current discipline contains language which is contradictory, unnecessarily hurtful, and inadequate for a variety of local, regional, and global contexts. We will name such a commission to include, include persons from every region of our United Methodist Church and will include representation from differing perspectives on the debate. We commit, we commit to maintain an ongoing dialogue with this commission as they do their work, including being sure there are clear objectives and outcomes. Should they complete their work in time for a called general conference, then we will call a two to three day gathering before the 2020 general conference. And of course, we will consult with GCFA regarding cost-effective ways to hold that gathering. We will continue to explore options to help the church live in grace with one another including ways to avoid further complaints, trials, and harm while we continue to uphold the discipline. We will continue our conversations on this matter and report our progress to you and to the whole church. Today, as, we, as a way of beginning to find our way forward, we suggest that in place of the allotted legislative time, we spend one to two hours of plenary time in prayer, confession, and then exploration of a creative way forward. The bishops are prepared to provide questions to guide your conversations if you so choose to hold them. Your conversations and the results of those conversations will be the first step to a way forward. I would invite you to join me as I conclude with a word of prayer. Come, Spirit of the living God, hold us, hold us close to your heart in this fragile and hopeful moment. We desperately want to have the rhythm of our life together, our behaviors, our actions, our decisions, in rhythm with your heart and in rhythm with your yearning for your people. Help us, O oh God, to stay in love with you and to grow in our love and grace for one another. 
in the precious and powerful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we offer you our prayers and our lives. Amen. Well, to get more details of this plan and the subsequent discussions that happened at General Conference, there are plenty of resources online at umcgc.org. Uh, there is audio from a press conference held later that afternoon and numerous news stories about the bishop's proposals. And um, um, there is a number of discussions that you can find online on the YouTube archives of plenary sessions. So right now we're going to take a break, and then after the break, we'll continue with the theme. Here's a word from our sponsors. My name is Sally Queen, and I'm the Associate Director of Ministerial Services. By virtue of our baptism, we are all called into ministry. This call is being faithfully lived out in the communities of Western North Carolina as people of all ages participate in building God's kingdom. Others are responding to God's call to license or ordain ministry by committing to faithfully lead our churches in vitality. All who are called are using their talents and gifts to follow Jesus, make disciples, and transform the world. The United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina is a ministry of the church for the church whose mission is to build a church for generations to come. We fulfill this vision by investing in people as well as helping churches and related institutions invest the financial resources that God has given to them. My name is David Snipes, and we look forward to the day when you give your United Methodist Foundation a call. And you can find out more about the United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina at the sponsor page on our show's website, which is umconnect.info. Well, after the statement that the bishops made last week, General Conference did not rest on the proposal. Uh, there were several times of debate on the floor as to the specifics of that proposal. And a couple of times through various procedures, delegates tried to pull the proposal off the table. But the Council of Bishops proposal remained the way forward through the end of the week. And so we're going to be hearing more about it as they meet together and as we move forward as a denomination. And uh, at the end of uh, General Conference, I thought it was fitting that Bishop O preached the final sermon for General Conference, and it happened on Friday afternoon as everybody was getting ready uh, to leave. But here is that audio from uh, that very special sermon on Friday. You're listening to General Conference Conversations, a series of podcasts and reports from the 2016 Worldwide Gathering of the United Methodist Church. Closing worship for General Conference was held on Friday evening. Bishop Bruce O., President of the Council of Bishops, was the preacher for the evening. Jesus, the risen Christ, stood on the mountain in Galilee with the 11 disciples. He was about to ascend to the Father. The disciples worshipped him, but some doubted. A few had a point of order. Jesus spoke. He spoke with authority and about authority, authority that accrued to those being sent. Go, therefore, Jesus says. Go, therefore. We have been here in Portland with Jesus and one another for 11 days. 
We have worshipped the risen Christ. We have discussed, discerned, and decided much. We have rejoiced at times and wept at times. We have experienced moments of joyful unity, and we have experienced the pain of our disunity. And some have doubted, and many have had points of order. And now Jesus speaks to us. Go, therefore, after 11 grueling days, and at this hour I cannot imagine there are any other more welcomed words from Jesus than go, (laughs) therefore. We know the task, we, we know the command, make disciples, everywhere with every ethnic group, baptize, teach, take my authority and go. Remember, my spirit will guide and equip and comfort and correct and empower you always to the end of the age. Go, therefore. But where are we to go? Where are we to go as we leave Portland? Where are we to go as we return to our home communities all across this globe? When I find myself confronted with a question like this, I often think maybe the best thing to do is go back and see what Jesus did. If we're to obey Jesus' command, if we are to accept Jesus' great commission, if we are to follow Jesus' pattern for making disciples, then we need to go where Jesus went. We need to go where the wounds are and proclaim there is healing for every wound, every wound, every sin, every brokenness. And so my charge to you as we prepare to leave is this. Go, therefore. Go to where the wounds are because that is where Jesus went and that is what Jesus did. When the Roman centurion, an enemy, pleaded for his servant to be healed, what did Jesus do? You can help me here. He went to where the wounds were. And when the disciples were paralyzed by fear on the raging sea, Jesus awoke, and what did he do? He went to where the wounds were. And when the Samaritan woman yearned for the living water, Jesus went to where the wounds were. And when Lazarus lay dead in the tomb, Jesus went to where? Where the wounds were. And when the Sanhedrin and the empire colluded to kill him, Jesus walked right into the center of the woundedness and sin of all humankind, and he gave up his life to save us. And where did Jesus go? The risen Christ when he came out of the tomb and crossed over into life? Where did he go? He went to his disciples in an upper room, cowering in fear. He went to those walking on the road to Emmaus that were consumed with grief. That's where the risen Christ went right away. He went to where the wounds were. Now, dear friends, we are being sent as Jesus' witnesses to follow him to where the wounds are and to do as he did. This will not be easy, yet we know it is the faithful way We do not go alone. That's the good news. We have each other in our great connection. And best of all, God is with us. So go, therefore. 
go to those in our churches and beyond our churches that have been damaged or disenfranchised by the actions or inactions of this general conference. Go to where the wounds of exclusion are. Go, therefore. Go to those who live in poverty or are imperiled by the killer diseases of poverty. Go to where the wounds of being left behind are and enter into life with. With. Go, therefore. Go to those who are sin-sick or filled with despair, doubt, depression, and guilt. Go to where the wounds of darkness and, and hopelessness are. Go, therefore. Go to those who are despised or hated or feared because of their race, tribe, language, or faith. Go to where the wounds of bigotry and and prejudice are. Go, therefore. Go to those who cry out to be free from oppression and yearn to be invited to the banquet table. Go to where the wounds of injustice are. Friends, it's time to come off the mountaintop if it feels like a mountaintop. It's time to leave Portland. It is time to go back to where we live and work. It is time to go to where the grind and the joy of everyday life and ministry, the day-to-day routines, take hold of us again. But we do not go alone. We do not go ill-equipped. We do not go unprepared. We have one another. And here's the incredible good news. We are being sent to where Jesus himself intends to show up. We are clear about our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. The vision of the beloved community is before us. Jesus has given us all we need to succeed. We have been given the keys to the kingdom. Is that incredible or what? We have been given the keys to the kingdom. We have been given authority, authority to make disciples, to baptize and to teach. We have been promised Jesus' abiding, empowering, guiding, indwelling presence to the end of the age. To the end of the age. So dear friends, do not doubt. Do not be paralyzed with fear. Do not allow cynicism to claim your soul. Hold fast to the faith. Keep courage. And take courage from one another's faithfulness. Maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Remember, we are one body through the cross. Pray unceasingly for the Holy Spirit to break through and revive our great United Methodist movement. Live in Jesus' presence, flooded by His grace, and take authority to go, therefore. For the sake of Christ, and all of God's children, and the creation itself, go home, go to all the nations, go therefore, in the power and name of Christ, go to where the wounds are, go to where Jesus went, go to where Jesus went, go to where Jesus went, go therefore, and go to where Jesus went, may it be so, amen, amen. Eight hundred six. Go therefore, the bishop said. Go because you've been sent. And go 
knowing that you have all the tools that have been given to you. Well, there's going to be more coming from the Council of Bishops on their proposal, and you can keep up with that news at the Western North Carolina website, wnccumc.org. Thanks for listening to us on Blog Talk Radio, and this show will be available as a podcast on our Blog Talk page and on the show's website, umconnect.info. We'll be back next week connecting United Methodists and their stories. Thanks to our sponsors, the Western North Carolina Conference and the United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina. You can find out more about them on the sponsors section of the website, umconnect.info. I'm Michael Rich, and you've been listening to Connect.